What's up, everybody? Welcome to the View from Jamestown podcast edition. We have a special beginning to a three-part mini-series here featuring some of our friends with Avonic. Uh, this will be a, th- a three-part mini-series. This is the first episode of the three. Uh, very excited to have a new guest on. I think first time we've had Avonic on the podcast episode. This is, the, as I said, the first of a three-part series uh, where we'll have a team of specialists from Avonic talking about the plasticizer market, uh, really getting into some of the background and, and public perception and, and what's going on with some of the phthalates within the plasticizer market. Um, but an exciting new episode, exciting to have some new featured guests on. So uh, thank all three of you for, for joining us this morning. It's, it's great to have you guys on. It's been a long time coming. I know a lot of, a lot of planning and, and work that's gone on in the background for the past couple months to get this episode set up, but extremely excited to have you guys on. And just to begin, you know, thank you for your time. Thank you, Ben, for the invite. We're looking well, forward to questions. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Glad to, you know, been, been a team effort. Glad to have you guys all on and looking forward to getting into it. Um, I think just to start from the very beginning, I know obviously Avonic is a large global corporation and those that are in the market certainly know who Avonic is and, and what you guys do. But I think at a, at a base level, if, if one of you guys maybe wants to just introduce Avonic as a company, um, you know, your, your background products, you guys manage where you're based out of, um, you know, if you want to maybe introduce Avonic as a company, and then obviously we can get into some background on each of you individually after that, but um, maybe kick it off with just the background on Avonic. Thank you, everyone. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great day, a beautiful spring day. But let's start with the, the Evonik introduction. So Evonik is a global specialty com- chemical company with, with more than 33,000 employees globally with 106 nationalities, all driven by one idea to make life better day in and day out. So we make that happen by going beyond chemistry. Uh, to give you some of the products that we make, we make tires more fuel efficient by using some of our products, make towels uh, more fluffier, make mattresses more bouncier, make healthier nutrition for animal feeds, make our drugs more effective. So these were just some of the examples of various products that goes into uh, various end consumer products. We are among the best in class among specialty chemicals with greater than 15 billion euros in uh, sales. And 80% of our sales is coming from the leading market position. So our goal is leading beyond chemistry to improve life today and tomorrow. So our plasticizers, uh, which is the topic of today podcast, is uh, part of our performance intermediate business line, where we create a future of off C4 chemistry together with our customers focusing on innovative chemistries, uh, creating a value for our customers, employees, suppliers, and shareholders. Uh, We focus on sustainability. We develop smart solutions and we work as partners with our uh, customers in developing and supporting our customers and growth. We are a global supplier for C4 based materials for the rubber, plastics and specialty chemicals market from our production sites in Marl, Germany and Antwerp, Belgium. We cater to automotive market uh, in this business line, beauty and personal care, building and construction, chemical manufacturing and industry and consumer market, electronics, plastics and packaging, pharma and healthcare and other industrial applications. So we'll we'll go a little bit more in details as we proceed uh, uh, into the 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 talent and plasticizer business. I hope this this uh, this gives a good brief introduction of the Evonik as in 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 general. Henrik, do you want to add anything else? 
Um, I think, Sanja, you did a, a perfect introduction to the world of Evonik. Maybe um, I introduce myself I'm, and my role within the company, if you don't mind. So my name is Henrik Fischer, and uh, I'm by education and pro by profession, and also by passion, I'm a, I'm a chemist. Um, I studied chemistry a long time ago, and immediately after that, I said, okay, laboratory is not what I want to continue with. I want to have a look uh, at the other side of the laboratory desk, meaning I stepped into uh, managing chemicals in the sense of managing the compliance of chemicals at the, I think, especially in the US well-known company 3M. And after learning there for a couple of years uh, how to do a proper compliance assessment, compliance management, also sustainability assessments, I stepped over uh, to Evonik, I'm working for Evonik since 2017. And within Evonik, I'm responsible for the management of advocacy and association activities, uh, especially for the business lines, performance intermediates, where all our products for the rubber business, for plasticizer business, uh, uh, for specialty business, for the fuel sector are going into. And um, yeah, my approach in this job is to talk about chemistry to talk about chemistry in, in general, but also specifically uh, talk about our products that we are selling. And my job is um, to do this together with other players of the market in industry association, to have a safe place to discuss how to promote the science of our chemicals, how to promote the benefits of our chemicals. And I'm doing this in the various different industry associations. I think uh, we will come to this later together with competition in a safe, in a safe, uh, in a safe way. And yeah, to bring to authorities, to other market players, to customers and to, to suppliers, um, the picture of chemistry that we have in our mind. And I think this is very important um, to always show um, what the benefits of chemistry are to society. And I think we will have throughout the next three episodes a very nice talk about this, maybe also trying to bust some myth about plasticizers and chemistry in general. Um, yeah. And I am living in Germany, so I'm, I'm German. Um, I'm living near the Cologne area, which is a very nice area. You should always try to step into this uh, area when you have a chance to visit Europe or to, uh, or to visit Germany. Um, happily living here with my family and my cats. And today I was <laughs> very happy to see a uh, a, a small chicken <laughs> coming out of an egg. So um, this is how I live. Um, and um, yeah, really curious to uh, look forward to the exchange on the podcast and, and just be so frank to hand over to Nadine. Yes. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for the invitation. 
Um, yeah, my name is Nadine Engel and I'm a toxicologist. I work at uh, Evonik in the product stewardship department of performance materials. And uh, yeah, in this uh, role, I'm responsible for the hazard and risk management um, oh, yeah, of a range of chemicals, including the plasticizers, what we are talking uh, about today. And yeah, my office is uh, located in the northwestern part of Germany. I'm also a German and um, the area is called Ruhrgebiet. Uh, this is a German word that I want to share with you. And yeah, in the Ruhrgebiet uh, is also where I live and enjoy spending my evenings with bike tours. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to this podcast episodes. Perfect. Yeah, great, great overviews. And Sanjay, I know you gave the intro on Avonik, but why don't you give a little background on yourself as well? Uh, thank you. I think I was thinking about that. You know, I should just quickly give my introduction. So I'm Sanjay Kakard, and I'm the current business director for Performance Intermediate Business Line uh, based in Parsippany, New Jersey. It's just outside New York City, about 30, 40 miles west of New York City. So background, I'm a chemical engineer uh, background with, with, uh, with, with my past experience in process design, in projects and, and the sales and business development in various process industry. So I'm uh, really passionate about uh, supporting my customers in this region. Uh, for a technical solution using various technologies, uh, chemistry, uh, which in my current profession is, is a plasticizers and, and related C4 chemistry, as uh, which I consider is an essential uh, uh, chemicals for, for today's modern living. Um, just something personal about me. Um, um, I've been living in, uh, I've been with Devonic for the last six years and uh, I moved over to New Jersey from Texas. So it's, it's, a, it's a great country, you know, uh, where uh, you can definitely support your customers uh, throughout the region. Uh, what, what I really like about this role, you know, I, 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 I have a good, I'm passionate about chemistry um, and, and chemistry for me makes modern way of living possible. It, it uh, allows us to find materials such as plastics, PVCs, and other, other solutions which supports economic growth, which I think which may not have been possible with, with uh, limited natural resources. So here I am, you know, trying to support uh, uh, this modern way of living for our customers um, with plasticizers as part of our uh, performance intermediate business line. So looking forward to this podcast and uh, um, good good uh, discussion going forward. Yeah, thank you, Sanjay. And uh, thank all three of you. I think great great introductions on each of you and obviously some background on Avonik as a company and the, the products that you guys source and supply. Um, I'd like to introduce TCC a little bit. I know obviously this is on the Chemical Companies podcast, but understand that this episode may be shared wider than our audience, you know, as we kind of leverage Avonik's network and, and obviously use this to get the information out there. So TCC, the chemical company, we're a bulk chemical distribution company uh, based and headquartered in Jamestown, Rhode Island. Uh, we've been working with Avonik for 
really the better part of our entire company history. I mean, 25 plus years of, of business history, and it's been a great long-term relationship, primarily on the plasticizer side. DINP been one of our long-standing and, and core products, and we've been lucky enough to expand that product line with Avonic over the last five or 10 years with things like Elator CH, with ITDA, with the DPT, the MTBE, and all the new products that Avonic continues to bring to market. Um, been one of our, our, our best and our, our, our long-standing core suppliers, so it's been a fantastic relationship and we're excited to be able to do this uh, this episode and the podcast series and, and leverage that network and information basis to obviously get the word out there plasticizers is a core business to tcc in general and and we're excited to obviously have you guys on the episode and really set the set the facts straight and a lot of the myths that are out there with plasticizers and phthalates um Obviously, this, as we mentioned before, this will be a, a little three-part mini-series. So this is the introductory episode. We will have episodes two and three that really get deep into some of the myths surrounding phthalates and plasticizers, some of the common misconceptions, um, and, and obviously some positive info as well, putting a positive spin on things. So I think as we... Uh, as said, you know, getting right into the plasticizer market, obviously, I'm sure many that are listening to the episode are familiar with, with the plasticizer market and the flexible vinyl market and what plasticizers are. But maybe just to, to really give a good base level, um, you know, if someone wants to maybe just get into what a plasticizer is just in general, um, the types of plasticizers, so obviously phthalates, non-phthalates, orthophthalates, um, and what plasticizers are used for, the common industries, the common technical properties of, of plasticizers. So I'll kick it over to the Avonic team. And if you want to give a little introduction on, uh, on like I said, what, you know, what plasticizers are, the, the different types that are out there and, and the technical benefits of them. Thanks, uh, Ben, for, for the opportunity. Again, uh, the, the introduction of plasticizer. We consider plasticizers as specialty chemicals which are added to a material to make it softer and more flexible. Uh, to increase its plasticity, to decrease its viscosity, or to decrease friction during its handling and manufacturing. So these plasticizers act like a um, molecular lubricants. The, the molecules, they sandwich between the polymer chains of the PVC. Uh, this makes the originally tight-packed, rigid structure flexible, allowing the chains to slide past each other. And just imagine a garden hose uh, if it was not flexible. So that's what the plasticizer uh, imparts the properties to the, to the, to the end product. Uh, so plasticizers from Evonik uh, offer uh, manufacturers of flexible PVC and, and, and their products flexibility, safety, and above average technical performance with a consistently high level of, of quality. Our plasticizers finds applications in adhesive sealants, PVC, vinyl floorings, wallpapers, uh, coated fabrics, underbody coatings, fillers in autos, in cables and hoses, roofing membranes to get the desired uh, properties that are needed. I just wanted to give a quick uh, uh, portfolio of our plasticizers that we offer. Um, and, and we really appreciate the, the chemical company's support in, in, um, in giving us a good outlet and, and reach uh, to, the, um, to the wider customer base in, in, the, in the region. We have primarily four core uh, plasticizers, DINP, which, which Ben mentioned, uh, diisononyl talic. Uh, then we have DINCH, uh, which, is, which is by the brand name Alator CH. Then we have a fast fuser, which is called a ladder DPT. 
and a, and a brand new uh, plasticizer called Ladder DINCD, uh, which we will slowly, which, which we have already announced that we will be introducing. It will take some time to get us through the regulatory uh, process uh, to introduce this product into the into the market. So this is this was just a quick overview of our uh, plasticizer. Each one have their own properties. Uh, and 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 a, and finds a wide wide acceptance in the end consumer products. So Ben, do you want to add something, or Hendrik, you want to add in, anything into it? I can add something uh, in general about the chemistry of plasticizers, if you're interested. So uh, most of the plasticizers are esters. Um, that is a combination of an acid and an alcohol. And the different possibilities um, to select the alcohol and um, the acid defines the final structure of the plasticizers. In the case of the DINP, that is a diisomonyl phthalate, uh, the two components are the isononyl alcohol representing the alcohol part of the plasticizer and the phthalic acid that's the basic part of the plasticizer and in our plants uh, those are combined in a esterification process and the result of this is the DINP the diisononyl phthalate but of course other combinations are possible uh, you can choose a different alcohol, you can choose a different acid. For instance, especially in the uh, US market, there's also the uh, DOTP uh, uh, being used, the diisooctyl terephthalate, or you can also think about other um, combinations that we as Evonik have in our portfolio, like the D-pentyl terephthalate, the DPT, or the DINCH, that is a hydrogenated version um, of the uh, DINP. And all the different combinations result in different chemical structure of the plasticizer. And this chem different chemical structure results in different technical properties and also toxicological properties of the plasticizers. So really the structure defines the properties and this is something that i think we will repeat quite often here in the podcast that the structure really defines the properties the technical and the toxicolo toxicological properties and there's also a reason why you can't say that plasticizers or phthalates are all the same they are not there is a small group of so-called low molecular weight phthalates where the uh, the chain length of the alcohol part is quite short, especially the quite famous DEHP or, or sometimes also called DOP is a, a phthalate uh, made of um, uh, a C8, um, so the octyl, um, and this has tremendous different and even worse um, toxicological properties compared to the uncritical and unhazardous DINP, um, which is a representative of the so-called high molecular weight phthalate. This is something that we should always be very clear of that phthalates are not the same. 
there's a huge basket of different phthalates and other non-phthalates uh, that customers can select on, depending on which uh, technical properties they want to have fulfilled, and of course, which they can safely using. And what I can tell you is that you can use all the um, plasticizers that Evonik has in its portfolio very safely uh, without any risk in the current applications. Perfect. No, I think that's a great, great introduction and an overview on Avonics plasticizer portfolio as well as the, the plasticizer market in general. Uh, one thing, obviously, you mentioned is is the phthalates within plasticizers, and something that I'm sure almost every consumer out there that's had to go to Home Depot and shop the aisles or buy toys or really anything that has these flexible vinyl properties in it have at least more than likely heard the word phthalates. Um, in some cases, there's a negative connotation to it. Um, in the, obviously, the, the chemical world and the plasticizer supply world, there's, it's just the technical properties behind phthalates and non-phthalates and what the difference is. So I think, again, just to set kind of a really good footing as we get into the next two episodes, um, you know, I think it'd be good to define what a phthalate is, why plasticizers either have phthalates or do not have phthalates. Um, Obviously, I know we talked briefly about which which plasticizers contain phthalates versus don't have phthalates. Um, so I think just doing a brief introduction on phthalates and, and what they are and why they're included in plasticizers would, would really set up the next two episodes well as we kind of get into some of the facts and, and non-factual information that's out there, debunking some of these myths. Um, so again, I'll turn it to the Ivana team to kind of give a little introduction on phthalates as a, as a background and, and, and what phthalates are and why they're included in plasticizers. Yeah, I think I can uh, speak to that, um, and maybe uh, Nadine can um, comment if I have missed something from a more toxicological perspective. Phthalates are um, chemical substances, chemicals, plasticizers um, that are a combination of an acid and especially the phthalic acid that just defines the name phthalates. If you take a phthalic acid as one of the components and combine it with an alcohol, you create a phthalate. If you start with a different acid, uh, like a terephthalic acid or citric acid, um, you result in a different plasticizer. But phthalates are made of phthalic acid, and then you just choose um, also the alcohol. If you choose um, the isomonyl alcohol, you create a DINP, that's a diisomonyl phthalates. Um, I do not want to uh, uh, explain too much how the chemical structure really looks like. I think that we should have a format where I can draw some chemical structures, uh, but I think that's also not so important um, to know exactly the chemical structure of a phthalate. Uh, important for, for you, I guess, to know is and to, rem to, to, to remember is that the base of this is the phthalic acid and the isomonyl uh, alcohol. Um, yeah, the effect of this, this is something that uh, Sanjay also commented on, but maybe Nadine can explain a little bit um, again the differences that structure really makes in the toxicological properties of a phthalate? Uh, yes, um, from a toxicological point of view, it's it's yeah important uh, to differentiate 
um, between the low molecular weight phthalates, as uh, Hendrik mentioned earlier, um, where it's well known that they are toxic for reproduction. And um, yeah, on the other hand, the high molecular weight phthalates, um, including DINP, and they do not show these kind of effects. And it's uh, just uh, yeah, a measure of, of chain length that um, has um, the yeah, effect uh, on a different toxicological outcome. And this has to be kept in mind. But it's well known that there are different classes of plasticizers and also phthalates. Um, yeah. And, and I think a lot of this will be described. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to mention a little bit about the uh, evolution of plasticizers uh, over the last uh, years, if this is interesting for you, Ben. So what we have seen, especially also with the regulatory pressure over the last, I would say, two decades, um, especially in the European market and, and also in other markets, the um, amount of the low molecular weight phthalates has really significantly significantly reduced. Uh, now in, in, in Europe, and I'm um, just referring to numbers that European plasticizers uh, has put together, in the year 2020, nearly no uh, DEHP or DOP has been used and the decline started from the early 2000 years uh, and will continue and um, we have seen more and more alternative or other plasticizers taking over the uh, role of DHP but of course also DINP was the main substitute for the low molecular weight phthalates uh, in the markets where this substitution has taken place. Uh, we see over the last decades a really stable use of DINP um, in the various applications and um, others uh, are gaining also more and more market shares like the terephthalates, um, the trimalitates, the cyclohexanoates uh, and one important uh, member of the cyclohexanoates uh, is the so-called DINGE, the, uh, and we produce this, Yvonne produced the Elatur CH. Um, so we see that on the one hand, the uh, plasticizers, where there have been uh, proven scientific evidence for a concern, for a toxicological concern, they have been phased out by the market but also on, uh, by the regulators. But we see a continuous stable uh, supply and demand for the high molecular weight phthalates, especially of DINP. Um, the markets where plasticizers are used um, is in principle the PVC market, so the polyvinyl vinyl chloride uh, market. And within these markets, uh, plasticizers are used in rayon cables, especially also in flooring, in wall covering, film sheets, coatings, automotive applications like the under body coatings and other consumer products. And also in toys, plasticizers are used, but only those toys um, that are 
that have the 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 freedom to be used in um in toys but we will i think later come on this again yeah i think well that's a, a great overview and background on kind of the evolution of plasticizers and what's been going on here recently um without getting too far into obviously the second and third episodes that are coming up i think it's a a good lead into that second episode is is obviously the the misconceptions and thoughts behind phthalates in the marketplace, like you said, with toys, you know, phthalates are not used in toys. Um, could you give maybe a brief introduction on maybe why phthalates have sort of been singled out as a product that's of, of concern? Um, you know, what, when and why phthalates became kind of one of these sort of buzzwords where, you know, people may not know anything about chemistry or plasticizers or products, but kind of have this misconception or thought that phthalates are inherently bad. Um, obviously, I know there's a lot of positive campaigns out there from places like the American Chemistry Council and the Plastics Industry Association trying to correct some of these sort of myths and facts. And obviously, with our second and third episode, we hope to change some of the myths and, and kind of write some of this information that's out there about phthalates. Um, but could you speak briefly to kind of where, where some of that background came from when, when phthalates as a as a type of chemistry became sort of singled out as a sort of quote-unquote bad product to be included in some of these materials? Yeah, I think the point, one of the reasons why uh, we have the debate about phthalates is um, because of the um, use of plasticizers in general. One of the biggest misconceptions is to talk about a family of different chemicals and to have the wrong idea that all uh, members of this chemical family behave in the same way. I think this is the biggest misconception that we have um, because it's just not true. And we just explained one of the biggest differences within this big group of phthalates that we have low molecular weight and high molecular weight phthalates and they really behave differently, but they are all phthalates. So I think one of the reasons why we have such a debate, especially in the general public is that's sometimes not so easy to differentiate. It's more easy just to talk about phthalates or to talk about plasticizers, or even to talk about the whole system, plasticizers plus PVC. I think also one of the reasons among others why we have this phthalate discussion is because they're also wrong information and misconceptions about pvc it's uh, as such you might remember discussion and uh yeah in in the past especially in the 1970s in the 1980s where pvc was really under pressure or where the discussion about or the negative discussion about uh, PVC started. Of course, the whole system seems to be not the right thing to choose. This is something that um, over the last uh, decades, industry was able to, um, to correct. So PVC is still a polymer, a plastic, um, that is a very good one. It is being used in so many different durable, stable, important applications that if you think about a developed uh, industry and developed society, you cannot think about not having PVC. Um, but the negative conception still is out. And this is why we are also here 
to bring some more scientific information into the discussion and to explain to 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 the listeners uh, out there um, why it's not a issue to use a plasticide PVC also uh, using phthalates. Perfect. No, I think that's a great introduction and great background on on phthalates and some of the history behind that. I think at this point that's a great place to leave this episode. I think we've done a great introduction on. Avonica is a company on the plasticizer market in general, on some of the categories of phthalates that are out there, um, in a brief kind of introduction on phthalates and some of the misconceptions around grouping all phthalates in one. So I think that's a great place to leave this episode. Um, I think before we head over to our second episode, are there any final thoughts or concerns or should we head right over? I think the only, uh, only thing, one thing I would I, like to add, yeah, it's uh, plasticizer is the main ingredient in the PVC industry. You know, if we don't add plasticizer into these formulations, um, do you think that we can have the modern living that we have today possible? You know, as I gave an example, garden hoses that we use so readily, you know, it's not, they won't be flexible. Roofing membranes won't, won't be available uh, or cable and wires without insulation. So I consider this uh, plasticizer as a necessity. Um, uh, so that we do not go go with the, with the misconception, use them in the right way. I also say that you know in in the in the kitchen, if you are preparing your food without a main ingredient, the food will not taste good. I think the end product is that if we make PVC without this plasticizer, it will not come out as the right formulation for your end consumer products. So that's that's my uh, just take on on plasticizer as a very key and main ingredient for the PVC industry and other industries which which are based on uh, this other raw material. I could have said it better myself. Thanks, Sanjay. That was a great overview on, on how important plasticizers are to the market. With that, I think that caps off our first of the three-part mini-series here. Uh, Hendrik, Sanjay, Nadine, thank you for your time, for, for being on the episode. Um, as we've been talking about, we do have a, a part two and part three to this series. So part two will include some specific myths and trying to correct some of these myths with phthalates and DINP. Um, episode three will have some common myths and, and facts that are out there that we either want to correct or, or kind of comment on. So looking forward to episode two and three. Um, wherever you're streaming this episode, please scroll down. We'll have links to the second and third episodes right there to click right over to it. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, there's probably a box right about here that'll say where to click over to that. So again, thank you guys for your time and uh, hopefully we'll see everyone on uh, episode two and episode three. So thank you very much. Thank you very much.